Greetings and welcome back in for mile 23 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. We are coming at you from our basement dungeon annex recording studio this week. Benjamin, welcome in. How are you? I am good. Just shaking the cobwebs off my arm after tripping into the corner. Um, We have found our way to you and we are bringing to you in the beginning of 2019... Our best advice for reaching your running resolutions. New year, new you, so they say. And we want to share the best input we can to help you either reach a new running goal, set a new best mark, or just get started. Maybe you're going couch to 5K. Maybe you're just trying to find some fitness. It might not be even running a race. You're just trying to get out the door and get active, maybe get to the gym, lift some weights, play a sport that you love that you haven't in a while. So we're going to call on some of our best thoughts on how to keep you connected to making 2019 the best possible athletic year it can be for you. Before we do that, Benji, any thoughts on 2019? I know we already looked ahead to things we're excited about in the year. Any goal that you're willing to share with the people anything coming up that you're looking ahead to in 2019 for you as a runner? I have a possible 100K attempt in February. And the only other race I have on the calendar is a return to the Grandfather Mountain Marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I just want to rekindle the love I have for the sport as an athlete and just enjoy the process again. So the reason I ask you is because we've had some discussions since the last episode about this 100K, but also a little bit of fire that has reemerged for some shorter distance stuff for you. Yes. I think that as we reflect on our points in helping all the listeners, we'll guide ourselves a little bit towards what's important for us in 2019 too. I would love some guidance. (laughs) Sounds good to me. So here we go. My first most important point is that each person knows his or her why. Why are you getting active? Why are you running? What is your mission? And keep that at the core of everything you do. Maybe it is, I want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Maybe that has been out there for you for years and you're ready to attack that goal. Maybe you want to finish a 5k 10k half marathon marathon for the first time keep that why that central piece of your training at the core of all you do maybe there's a mantra that you're repeating to yourself when you're out on the road i had a friend ask me the other day he said what do you think about when you run it's actually a really great question right because a lot of people will put some music on uh but Most of my friends who I'm out with who are fairly serious, we never really listen to anything. Maybe if I hop on the treadmill and I want to get through the drudgery of that, I'll listen to a podcast just to try to have something to take my mind off of it. Often I'm running with friends, and so we're sharing conversation. But when I'm alone, what do I think about? And a lot of times my best (laughs) moments and ideas come when I'm running and have the time to have a clear mind and sharp focus on what matters to me. And maybe I'm crafting training. I'm doing a lot of things that are getting back to knowing my why. Why do I do this? Why do I love this? How am I having fun out here? 
and what is the purpose for all this activity? I think that leads you to another really significant piece, which is knowing your purpose as an athlete, as someone who wants to get in better shape or run faster times in 2019 versus knowing your purpose as a person, right? Those have two really different avenues. And I know that you have perspective on that you'd like to share as well. Once you start to get into the sport and see some success, it's really exciting and attractive to be like, hey, I'm, for example, been the runner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, not consciously, but accidentally, it becomes that you are been the runner all the time and forget about been the person. Yeah, let me ask you this. When you get introduced to someone, they often ask, what do you do? Yes. And, and how do we respond to that? What are the common answers that we use? Oh, it's so easy just to go, I run. I run. I, I work two jobs, and the first thing I say is, I run. Right, and then the other thing you said right there is you talk about jobs that you have. We somehow define ourselves by those qualities, and in knowing your purpose as a person, I'm not sure that's the best way we should define ourselves. We enjoy those things. And they help shape us. But I hope that we keep some perspective on I try to be a friend or a father or a son or a daughter, someone who cares about people, whatever your, your bigger place in life is. Knowing your why in running makes it easier to be really healthy when you're driven with some perspective, not when these goals take over everything about your activity. Kind of like I just took over your point <laughs> here about separating the runner versus the person. So let me open it back to you so that you can add. Oh, you're completely fine. I know for myself, going through the collegiate system, everything I did was to run better. Mm -hmm. Every decision I made, I missed out on an entire college experience because I wouldn't go out. I didn't go to school functions. I wouldn't go watch basketball games because that was time I could have been stretching, rolling, sleeping, any of those things. And while it's great to have goals and to do the little things right, you have to remember you are a human, and being able to compartmentalize the different areas of your life will make you a more efficient and happier person rather than having one all-consuming focus that runs over into everything and controls you. Yes, find balance Yes, in your mission as an athlete and in your mission as a human being. And it's okay to sacrifice things. We have to sacrifice things to achieve greatness. If you're setting up 2019 with a mission that is a significant challenge, it is unlikely you will get there without sacrifice. Yes. And so some of those things you gave up, I applaud you for that. And some of the great athletes that I've worked with made similar sacrifices. And I make those sacrifices myself too on my own scale. Now to me, some of those things also just become part of a healthy, active way of life right. too. I am very typically in bed pretty early, ready to just go to sleep. I think it was 8.30 the other night yeah, you said you were going to bed. I haven't been feeling real well the past few days, and I called it a night at like 8.15 the other day. Oh. Who cares? 
it's what I needed. And, and last night I was, I, I think I fell asleep watching a basketball game at maybe 9.30 and I slept, I was like 7.30 when I woke up. Wow. But that was significant to me. I needed to get my body back to a place where you stay up all night watching Clemson win a football national championship, wake up early the next morning to go coach, and in between, your body's kind of getting all out of whack in trying to achieve your goals. It's hard to live on that short amount of rest. And your keyword with that is balance. Balance. Houston cross-country coach and author of The Science of Running uh, wrote this article about sacrifice talking about how we need to find this, like we said, balance in a way where we're choosing the things we're sacrificing. Mm -hmm. If an athlete is sacrificing all these things every day and he comes to a cupcake, he is more likely to end up burnt out as an athlete if every time he denies himself a cupcake. Mm -hmm. Because it it comes to a point where he's punishing himself rather than sacrificing to be better. Yeah. And so it's important to find that balance in life where you're doing things that make you happy. They may not always be the most attractive or sexy thing to do as an athlete, but if you're a well-rounded, well-rounded person and find joy in what you're doing, that's ultimately what's important. You still have to live your life, right? I am doing a lot of things to, intru- to try to improve as a runner through 2019. And I've been really fortunate to see progress over recent years continue at my age. And a lot of people are no longer improving by the time they get to this point. And I'm really thankful that that has continued. But I also still do things I enjoy. I don't pass up the chocolate every time. No, you don't. (laughs) In fact, typically I don't. But if you don't enjoy the rest of your life, it becomes hard to enjoy your running It becomes hard to enjoy your time at the gym. And it becomes hard to reach the resolutions you set for yourself as a runner in 2019. Yes. I think this naturally then flows into what kind of goals you're setting. To me, the next big thing is setting achievable and realistic goals. So I would not set out for this year a goal of running more. What does that mean? Is it one mile more than last year? Is it one day more? It's too open-ended. Don't just say, I'm going to eat better. We need tangible and specific goals to target. And realistic goals still are challenging. Ben, we have in the past few days had conversations of what kind of 5K pace you think you are in in this moment without a whole bunch of training. Yes, Okay. we have. And what do you think that number might be right now? As Round a, figure. Uh, 1610. Okay. If we think in this moment you're in 1610 5K shape, yes, it's realistic to say by the end of 2019 I want to run 1605, but there's no challenge. Right. We've set the bar too low. It's not going to keep you driven. You are not going to in the dark moments of a long run when you're tired and it's cold, reflect and say, well, I'm doing this because I need to get two seconds better in a 5K, which frankly I might be able to do just on luck anyway. Right. Let's give a number that is a push. Now, I'm not saying you're running a 5K this year. You very well might. Who knows what's going to happen? You're all over the place. But if you decided the 5K was your target for the season, 
What's a challenging number that you would be thinking about? Under 1530. Under 1530, right? That's that's a challenge. Now we're trimming off 40 seconds, which for a runner at that pace, that's a good amount to take off. But it's realistic. Right. You didn't say, I'm breaking 13. Uh, through the two mile. Uh, <laughs> I hope to. Yeah. So we set a goal that you'll have to work for it, but it's attainable. It's achievable. And I believe that if you chose that event as your target, 1530 should be on your radar. Ladies and gentlemen, I think he's trying to convince me to run the 5,000 again. I'm nudging you a little bit. I'm nudging you. And I would say to this for everybody listening as well, in setting that goal, first you believing in it. So let's take hypothetical listener who has said, I want to get through a 5K and run the entire thing. I've been running and walking. Or the listener who is saying, I want to go below 15 in a 5K. We're at very different ends of the spectrum. That person believing that it's possible is first significant. And then second, having someone else who believes in that is incredibly important. Having someone tell you that dream's not crazy, that goal is real, it's attainable if we follow steps A, B, and C along the way, that can drive you there. And I think a big part with goal setting is surrounding yourself in a community that'll push you towards your goals. Yes. So in a community, there are so many different parts of a community, of an ecosystem of this running world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have immediate training partners. There's so many people in Greenville who run. It's easy to link up with people. There's group runs. You have the people in our store. Travis and I would love to talk to you about your goals. I think I got the most excited this year when our man Chad, who listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. set that huge personal best in the marathon at Chicago. Yeah. And we've watched him in one year go from wanting to finish a marathon to running relatively quick. Yeah. I get amped every time I see his training runs on Instagram. And then also, I would encourage you, if you're wanting to get into the sport and you're a little unsure of it, or if you've lost your love for it, to volunteer at a race. Being surrounded by that community and being a part of it and seeing... Honestly, you're viewing community as you're working it at these races. And I've never left a race that I've worked thinking, I don't want to run today. (laughs) I hope that everyone who runs a race in 2019 takes the time to thank the people who volunteer at races. Remember how significant they are for you along the way. Everybody who handed you a cup of water, everybody who cheered for you along the way, they're part of you reaching the goal. And it would be that much more difficult without them there. And I think when you run, I've said this to you a lot of times, when you run with an attitude of gratefulness and you are thankful and you run with a smile, it translates back into your performance and it just becomes this feedback loop, a self-fulfilling prophecy of improvement. And we're all sharing those moments together. I just ran a marathon PR It wouldn't have been such a big deal if I lined up that day and I was the only one there and I shot off the gun myself and ran for (laughs) 26.2 miles and came through the finish on empty streets. I got to share the moment with fellow runners who are accomplishing their goals. I got to share it with my mom who made the trip out. I even got to share it with a guy who used to live in our area who's moved to Minnesota who I met here and we talked... uh, 
God, close to a year ago. And he took a job in running specialty in Minnesota. And we stumbled across each other at the finish line. And he remembered me right away. We both set PRs on the same day. And it was just a really awesome moment to share with somebody. I think your point, Ben, about community can make this so much easier to reach your goals and so much more rewarding when you get there. Think about every time you accomplish something with a team versus when you did it on your own. I feel great about things I've accomplished on my own, absolutely. But sharing moments with a team of people to do something that you could not have done on your own, that's really special. One thing I do with all the athletes I work with now individually and plenty of teams that I had in the past is taking time at the beginning of the season, or in this case, the year, to write down your goals, to see them, and to keep them in front of you. So I always have used index cards in the past when I had teams, so I could just pass them out, have everybody write down three biggest goals for the season, for example, we'd use that a lot. Or the day before a race, who are you running for tomorrow? Who on this team or in your family, what's inspiring you? And I would collect them, read them, and get them back to people. And the ones at the beginning of the year with the goals, I always like to just copy them so that I had them because it helps me to remember what someone's target is. And then you have the card back so that you put it up on the refrigerator, you put it up on the mirror in the bathroom so every morning and every night it's there and you're thinking about it. It draws you back to remembering and knowing your why. With the people I work with individually now, it's where we start. What is the point? What's the goal? Why are we doing this? Let's write this all down so that we have it to reflect on. And what we see is that people who set specific, tangible, challenging, but realistic goals achieve them more often than those who don't. And uh, there is a huge set of data that's really interesting, a collection of data points on marathon finishing times from hundreds and hundreds of races over decades. And we see spikes of the number of finishers who are just below an hour mark. They broke three hours, four hours, five hours. We see a slightly smaller spike at half an hour mark or at 10 minute increments. But we see a whole bunch of people finishing in 259X or 359X and fewer people finishing in 301 or 401. And at the end of a race, when you're tired, having that number in mind, having that mantra that you can repeat why you're doing it to get there, seems to have a real influence on driving people towards success. And I'd add, if in 2019 you finish in 301 or 401 or 501 or 601 and you're trying to get under those numbers, that's okay. That's one step along the way. That is part of the process. And distance running is incredibly long-term. That is a next really significant piece to keep in mind is that you have to be intentional in the long-term. And I like the way that you have defined this, Ben, about the short versus long-term approach. It's important to have a short-term memory and a long-term focus. Yeah. It's so easy to get hung up on a bad workout or a poor performance. 
but ultimately you you take those for what they are in the day it's fine to pout for 24 hours but then the next day you have to remember i'm focused on this build up or this year doing x and this is just a piece of that this does not define me as a person i'm gonna forget this and i'm gonna move on distance running success is a long-term endeavor that gets achieved when you do the right things every day and the same thing is true if your goal is to be fitter in 2019 not just faster in 2019 or more active we don't get there in one day but you can accomplish a lot in a day it's part of your process let's take a step back here and just think i mentioned earlier here the clemson football national championship and you saw Clemson and Alabama pitting two really excellent coaches who, in their own way, motivate large groups of young men. Nick Saban at Alabama is incredibly process-oriented. He has great thoughts on this topic. It's not about winning SEC championships and national championships to him. That's not what they say every day. What they say every day is, let's work on doing this task to perfection as close as we can. Let's master every aspect of my position. And then in the long term, we'll put ourselves in the spot to be successful. Develop the skills over time. And those skills are true in running as well. They take time to develop in running also. I would think too, as far as a process-oriented argument, Chip Kelly, who's now the football coach at UCLA, spent time in the NFL and had a hugely successful run at Oregon. And he is known for the beautiful but simple quote of, win the day. What else can we really control? Just win the day that's in front of you. And if you put together enough wins day by day by day, you can end 2019 with a win on the course at whatever distance you're attempting. Or you can win by looking back and saying, I'm healthier and happier than I was a year ago when I wasn't active. So just simply try to win the day. And in the long term, you'll be more successful. And I know this does not fit with our instant gratification society. But my retort to that would be one, where has that gotten us? Right. right? If you're listening to this and trying to think about being better in 2019, where has the norm gotten you for 2018, right? And, and next, who wants to be average? Who wants to be average as an athlete, but also as a person? So we can separate them. You can look at your purpose as a runner, again, in being more than average, but in the other aspects of your life as well. How satisfying is it to go to bed at night and think to yourself, I made the right decisions today. I did what I needed to do. Day accomplished. And then also... To go back to your point, have a short-term memory. Don't beat yourself up on the mistakes you did make. Mm-hmm. I generally had a good day today. I had, I got more rest. Uh, I ate well, but I just could not hit the last rep in my workout. Or I simply felt like I didn't want to do the last set of weights today. Whatever it is. And those things create good goals. Yeah. You didn't nail your last rep. That may be a sign you need to go a little bit easier on your next recovery day. Sure. You ate a brownie, there's your motivation to eat a salad tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's... So just just take it for what it's worth and move on to the next day. I can't change yesterday. I can't win yesterday. I can try to win today and win tomorrow. That's still under my control. 
get rid of all the stuff that is outside of your control. But also remember, long-term success comes with stepping stones. There's going to be progress, incremental, along the way. That's okay. Baby steps can get you there. There is going to be a regression to the mean. You're going to break through, and then you're going to fall back. You can't expect to, say, 2019... I am going to run every race, every time I go out, faster than I ever have before. If you do, fantastic. Send me your training plan. Please, share that with us. Secondsflatpodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. I want to copy it. And some people will continue to get better through the year simply because of where they've been in the past and they're finally making a commitment. But if you don't, and you PR in the 5K, but then the next time out, you get five seconds slower... That's okay. Maybe there was a reason for that breakthrough the first time that the way you slept, the way you ate, the weather outside, the competition wasn't there the next time. You might regress to the mean. There might be setbacks. You might get sick. You might get hurt. But those are all part of your process. They're part of the beauty of reaching the reward of that ultimate goal. So I would say when you when you have that long-term perspective, just try to stay focused on patience, on persistence, and on preparation. And if you do that, you'll get there in time. I think that sort of leads into our next point with having this short-term memory, mm-hmm. is that it's important to have a time of reflection. Yeah, I would most importantly keep a log of what you're doing. I am really close to going back to just paper and pen, writing this down somewhere, but I don't think I'm allowed to do that in modern society. So I will stick with writing it down and having it online as well. But maybe it's a spreadsheet on your computer. Maybe you're tracking mileage. Maybe it's intensity of workouts. Maybe it's what you're doing in the weight room. Use it, though, as a tool. Don't make it something that you're reflecting on again and punishing yourself because you didn't do what you had set out. If you are consistently not doing day by day what you had hoped to do coming into that day, maybe your goals need to be reset and they weren't actually achievable. Maybe you're asking too much out of yourself. If you didn't run in 2018 and you say, I'm going seven days a week 2019 and I'm going 10 miles a day, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. You probably can't do it, and you might get hurt. What do you use as far as logging, keeping track of what you're doing? Yeah, currently I'm using paper and pen. Um, For my athletes, I actually have printed out calendars. Mm -hmm. And I have different days highlighted for specific activities we've done. And at the bottom, I have a spot to take notes just as I felt heavy or they -hmm. felt heavy or felt snappy and just different things like that. I just enjoy having the tangible version. Yeah. I don't know why. There's something that almost makes me feel proud to be holding my work rather than looking at it. I think that we, when we write stuff down physically, there's that tactile aspect that we really ingrain that thought in ourselves. And then we have it also to look back at as well again afterward. I love to use something where I can see a calendar of what I've done. It can be a real confidence boost going into a race to look back and say, you did all that work, all those great workouts. Now it's just time to go out and have fun and to prove that you're ready. 
It can also be a place where if the race, if maybe you weren't prepared or the race didn't go as you hoped, you can look back at it and say, it's because I really didn't do the work necessary that went into it and I need to change these few things. And so that can be both a confidence building process and also a learning exercise for you for the future. I would say that consistently and honestly reevaluating your progress and your performance is a trademark of someone who excels probably in any endeavor, in any field, but it's certainly very true in running. You have to have a framework to work from, and then you have to know the next steps to take after that, and you get there by reflecting on the work that you've done. I'm going to go now to my final really big, bold point, and that is to achieve in 2019 as an athlete, it's not just the activity and the effort that is significant, just as important is the ability to recover. Absolutely. Both mentally and physically. Your body needs time to rest. It needs to be able to soak in hard efforts. We've used some analogies to football earlier, to coaching at football, but I would diverge here and say, remember that this is not football. You are not rewarded for grinding through injury as some sort of sign of toughness to make a big tackle here. It's about taking care of your body so that you can perform the next task. I think for me, the biggest one that people overlook is sleep. I would say that if you can set aside a little bit more time for sleep, even if it comes at the cost of a little bit of what you had hoped to work out, you know, maybe you're trying to add a half hour more of activity every day. If you set 10 minutes of that aside to more sleep, you might be better off. And I think that's one that we sacrifice a lot. But on the other side, I would say it's don't overtrain. That's a huge variable and key to success for your year. Don't overdo it trying to hammer every day. Take it easy on the easy days as we've talked about in our strength training episode. Let your body recover and then let it be prepared for the next time that you're going to push yourself. What are some uh, other aspects that you could tie to that to kind of stay healthy with your activity and this year. Yeah, there's a lot of controllables, I feel like, that reduce our chances for injury and shorten the time, possibly, that we need to recover from a long season. Specifically, something we deal with every day is the type of footwear you're using. Uh, Being fit at a run specialty store, we'd love to do it at run-in, but we recommend you go to a run specialty store and have your foot and ankle and gait analyzed and fit for the proper shoe. Um, reducing certain stresses on the body, supporting arches and things like that correctly will reduce your chance for injury and allow you to be more efficient in training. A big thing with distance running also is iron consumption. Absolutely. We talked with Austin Stiegel a couple episodes ago, and he talked about his experience with anemia. Yeah. You know what I've been doing lately? What have you been doing? This week. Three times at breakfast this week. You ate a pig whole and live (laughs) (laughs) that's gruesome (laughs) no you know what i've been doing really though and i love this steak and eggs oh my goodness yeah steak eggs and potatoes yesterday i really went for it yesterday 
get that iron in, some protein post-run, after a hard workout. I think starting the day with breakfast is a hugely significant variable for a runner and just for health in general to make balanced and better decisions with food the rest of the day as a result of what you do first thing in the morning. But man, I've been getting that iron in big time. Lots of iron for this guy. Yeah, and going along with that uh, gear point, there's controllables such as your clothing and your socks. Yeah. Uh, chafing and blistering is oh. the most common injury among runners. We're talking keeps, to you, Kugler. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And what keeps you from uh, missing a day? Uh, how many times have you heard from an athlete you coach that they can't run because they have a blister on the ball of their foot? Yeah, I've heard it. Yes. Sure. I, I hear it more from my friends. Oh, no. <laughs> I think maybe we're just soft. Uh, yeah, it's... It's true. That's a thing you can control, right? The person who has not put on a nice sock for athletic activity does not know how heavenly said sock is on your foot. Those moisture-wicking microfibers. Yeah, that's a game changer. You're right. It's putting yourself in a position where you're just more capable of getting back out there. In a different era, you didn't have all this technology. And like this morning, it was really cold and windy here. And I went out uh, for 13 miles. I had a great run. Uh, yeah, it was a little cold, but it was just fantastic. I felt great. And I look at the stuff I'm wearing, right? You got running tights and a moisture-wicking winter hats and a moisture-wicking long sleeve shirt. And I had a kind of winter trail running vest over the top of that that's really breathable in the back so the front's keeping me warm all the vital organs and then when I start to get warm and you're starting to sweat you can wick moisture and breathe out the back guys 30 40 years ago years ago they went out 30 40 years ago they went out in cotton multiple layers and sweatshirts and all that kind of stuff and you came back in and you were all sweaty mess and you're cold and there's no excuse and it's a lot of this stuff is not expensive either you don't have to spend a ton of money to do it right so get the right gear that's a good one what else benji for women it is so vital to be properly fit for a sports bra yeah that's a great point also to something that the male runners never have to think about but another piece to make sure that you are best prepared for best success in 2019. I'll conclude by saying, if I had to give you one simple piece of training advice, and we have not gotten into any nuts and bolts here, we'll do that. That's coming up. We have other episodes to get more into some training pieces, and we love that. But this stuff is just as important or more important. And that single piece of advice to you in every day in your athletic endeavors is to just know why you are doing what you are doing when you are doing it. And I have said this over and over and over again to every athlete I have probably ever worked with in running. Understand why you're doing the activity that you're doing. Also understand how it fits into the bigger picture. And if you cannot explain and answer when someone asks you, why are you down at the track doing all those hard mile repeats? Well, because somebody on Strava who's really popular does it. 
That's not an answer. If you can say to it, well, I'm eight weeks out from a big race, so I'm in the middle of a hard training cycle. I'm trying to work on aerobic capacity, and I have recovered with several three, four easy days before this. And my last workout was at a slightly different pace, so I was doing some other activities, working on some other strengths. And then maybe I'll take another couple more easy after this, and my next workout I'm going to end it with some hills so that I can work on some power for the end of the race. Now we're starting to have an answer of, okay, what you're doing are these mile repeats. Why you're doing them is because of how they fit into your broader training program. And you're doing them now because of when you did A, B, and C, and when your race is set for in two months from now. Know why you are doing what you are doing when you are doing it. If you have no clue, maybe it's not the right thing for you to be doing, or maybe you just need to sit down and think it through and talk it through with somebody else who can help you get a better plan. Benji, is there anything you'd like to add? Wrap up running resolutions for 2019? I would just like to reiterate the emphasis on the point of community. Mm. If you are not a part of this wonderful community of runners we have here in Greenville, Travis and I would love to talk to you, get you hooked up with someone you could run with or involved at an event or just talk to you about your goals. We Absolutely. are two resources that would be happily used by you. So please stop in and talk with us. Send us an email if you'd like, secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. I know we have people who are listening not in our immediate area here of upstate South Carolina, western North Carolina. Between the two of us, we might have some ideas of resources and people for you in your area that you could get connected with too. So we would be happy to help regardless of where you are listening across this world to a program that is sweeping not only the nation but the globe (laughs) based on user statistics if you enjoyed us in 2018 please like rate review the show however you're listening to us maybe it's soundcloud google play apple podcast we are so thankful for you and we will try to continue bringing you material in 2019 that helps you along your journey to become a better healthier happier athlete and runner and we're really thankful for everyone who sent ideas for topics that they would like to hear about in 2019 we did get a few more of those here recently so we'll try to incorporate some of your ideas i've also received some ideas about song intros how is the show going to kick off i love that people are excited about that so i had something i was working on you'll notice we did not have an intro today because I'm now kind of tinkering with some other ideas. It's coming soon. I'm keeping the people on the edge of their seats. I'm guaranteeing in 2019 it's happening. That'll be all for us for this time. Thank you for listening to Mile 23. When we come back in Mile 24, I think I'll have run a half marathon. That snuck right up on me. Where are you running? I am headed to the great Lone Star State. I'll be in Texas. I will not be at Houston, but the Houston Half and Marathon are coming up, and we'll be talking about that as well because that is a really strong field, the first 
big race of the year. We'll have all that and more in mile 24, and we'll see you then.